everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is June the 25th. 2021 strong hand buying over crying welcome to the bitcoin freaking overlay dudes buy and hold this game is not rigged defiance over compliance i am offended by selling remember don't pedestal people we will get into that all right hello my elite friends you have questions we all have answers you could do a super chat you can type in bitcoin meister to get my attention if you've got uh, questions that pertain to the topics or anything that we might leave out We've got the best freaking guest in the space as I bring you every freaking Friday here, okay? We got Kaz, Biko, he's back in the house. Alessandro, he's back. It's been a while. And uh, Al's Lacrosse is in the house. Two of the dudes, other, well, Alessandro was not at the Miami Bitcoin conference, but the other two dudes were. Alessandro, we will meet in person one day. Don't worry about that, baby. All right, so I want to read a tweet. We're going to start off with a, a positive tone here from Kaz. You being poor has nothing to do, and all these guys are linked to below, by the way. You being poor has nothing to do with how much money you earn. You being poor has everything to do with how you spend the money you earn. So, yeah, dudes, if you're listening to uh, Jim Cramer and selling your Bitcoin based on him, that's on you. That's how you spend your freaking money. Uh, it, it, it's on you. you. You being poor has nothing to do uh, with how much you earned right there. You, you, you did you, how you spent your freaking money. Dudes. All right. But let's start off before we jump into Jim Cramer madness. I want to start off with, uh, I mean, it's Groundhog Day. I, I can't even absorb, absorb the China FUD anymore. Okay. It just like bounces right off of me. I, I think China is useless. I think the United States of America is the where that's the capital of the freaking Bitcoin world right now. From what I saw in Miami, from what I've seen the last eight freaking years, but we had a China thought at the beginning of the week. Uh, is, is mining really leaving? Is, is this really the week it happens? So, uh, Kaz, you, you, you had a take on this. So I'll, I'll let you open up the show. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, we've been hearing about the China FUD for years now, seven years at this point. They've banned Bitcoin in various different ways at least six times at this point. Uh, but it does look like this one is going to be far reaching and it's going to be, uh, you know, real before they roll out their CBDC. So, you know, they effectively have banned Bitcoin mining in China and we're, we're seeing the hash power come off the network. Um, I guess this leads into Jim Cramer selling his uh, selling his Bitcoin. He's worried about this like it matters. But Bitcoin at the end of the day doesn't care. Um, it looks like we're due for the biggest downward difficulty adjustment, but it doesn't really matter. Like the miners are going to leave. We're already seeing miners leave um, the Chinese state. They're going to political jurisdictions around China that have more favorable uh, laws. Like they're already moving to Kazakhstan. Um, there's rumors that they're coming to the United States as well. You've seen it here. Like Abbott is welcoming here, here in Texas. Uh, Lummis is as well, like up in uh, Wyoming. So, I mean, we have multiple senators um, that are, you know, embracing Bitcoin. And I think at the end of the day, this is good for Bitcoin. Like this will decentralize the network even more. It will make it more resilient to attacks from uh, China in the future if, if a lot of hash power leaves China. And it opens the door for the United States and for other countries all over the world to revolutionize uh, not only their, in, their monetary networks, but their industry or their energy industry as well. So I'm, I think it's a good thing for Bitcoin. There we go. That's a, that's a positive take. You're, I like how you're trying to stay positive on Twitter too, by the way. That's, that's the vibe I like, you know, creation, not destruction. There's so many in this space that want to destroy and everything. Let the people, uh, let the negativity go over there. But do you believe that China really will issue a central bank digital currency? Oh, absolutely. I think it's. it looks like it's about to be rolled out pretty soon. So it's no surprise why they got rid of Bitcoin and, and freedom money right before they rolled out slave money. Now, it's it's hilarious. I, I believe they will do it too. And they will have so, – it will be social credit score galore. And the way the world has been working since the beginning of 2020, 
all the other leaders will blindly fall into line and say, look what China did. They were successful. And China will just say they're successful. They won't say we were successful in making everybody a slave. We, they'll just say we're successful. And because everybody says, you know, when there's a virus and China says they're successful, everyone says, well, we must follow exactly what they did. We must lock down. We must be authoritarian. It, it's just amazing um, how so many suckers out there can just blindly fall into the authoritarian trap of China. So that's why I love to downplay their importance in this space. They are nothing. Um, it's here in the United States. I mean, do you agree, Kaz, that in the United, the United States is the capital of, of Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, it's it seems to be where all the innovation is happening on yes. Bitcoin. Yeah. Authoritarians do not innovate. They steal, they copy, they, uh, they try to intimidate, they try to force everyone to uh, adopt their vicious ways of life. And the more we speak up against authoritarians, the more we buy Bitcoin, which is the ultimate protest against authoritarians. Uh, because it's, it's, if the people of China actually got their hands on uh, Bitcoin uh, and, and understood it, they, they, they could take, take off the yoke of, of their uh, slaveholders there. But let's go on to the, the great uh, Owls Across. What's your take on China mining and uh, yeah. everything? Well, I can, uh, I can confirm it's more than a rumor that some of them are relocating to Texas. Uh, I spoke to some people last night who had picked up some miners and equipment at the airport the other day uh, from China. So uh, they are coming here. Um, there is some talk about them relocating to Florida also. I think Mayor Suarez is looking into getting cheaper energy there. But um, you know, ultimately, there is a geophysical reality that puts Texas at the top of the hierarchy there. Um, there is all this stranded gas, oil and gas mining. So it's it's tailor made for this. Um, it's not surprising at all that China's going for CBDCs. The the same way that Bitcoin is the ultimate freedom money, um, you know, CBDCs are the best money that authoritarians have ever got their hands on. Uh, much better than even paper money because they can control when you spend it or lose it. You know, even more directly than through inflation, they can track what you're doing. It's a it's a dream come true for China. So. You know, um, there was the idea that China is incentivized not to do this with uh, with mining because of the value of Bitcoin. It's just worth too much to them. But China has, you know, I'm not an expert on Chinese politics, but if you look at Chinese history, this would not be the first time where they turn their back on the world and on innovation in order to keep tighter control on their own people. Um, they did that throughout history to, you know, ultimately to their detriment. They did it with military technology hundreds of years ago. They were the first to have gunpowder, but they didn't really innovate it in the way that Europeans did because they didn't want to, uh, the emperor didn't want to have to have competition. You know, a gun in the hands of a peasant is very powerful. So they went that route and they've done that route multiple times throughout history and they paid a really heavy price for it. So I think this is uh, the route that China's going to go. They, uh, you know, in this country, we choose dynamism. Over uh, over control, we value freedom more than control and and you know the illusion of safety. Hopefully, um, and China doesn't doesn't have that. The, the CCP at least doesn't have that. So they're going to go this route, and it's going to be to our benefit. Cheap ASICs coming this way. Freedom, right freedom over safety. Texas over New York. Oh, we'll talk about that in a few seconds too. Yeah. Uh, I was reminded by someone in the uh, comments. Don't pedestal people. Oh, we won't be pedestaling people. We will be all the big names that we're talking, supposed big names we're about to talk about. No, no, I, it's I bring them up to remind people how flaky these big names are. And if you worship them, you're going to have fun staying poor. Pound that like button. GK, I wish I would have seen you recently, dude. You, you he said he, GK made a live one. He sent nine ninety nine. Shabbat Shalom, brother. Pound that like button, GK. I, I'll see you around one of these days. I wanted to see you. But let's talk to a Venezuelan here. Let's. Talk to Alessandro because you have a unique perspective on uh, <laughs> on what goes on in other countries. First of all, do you think uh, where's the, where's the center of the Bitcoin world, and should we be concerned about China? So, in uh, my from my perspective, guys, I do totally agree with you that nowadays, and I and I reinstate that specifically nowadays, America, the United States, is the Bitcoin capital of the world. Uh, I would I would measure that based on terms of innovation com coming out of each country. And so uh, without a doubt, the most amount of innovation uh, uh, toward uh, against Bitcoin is coming uh, out of the United States. Um, but what I'd like to say uh, regarding my, my Venezuelan perspective, as, as you pointed out, Adam, and 
uh, the China FUD that you were, you guys were talking about is that uh, sometimes uh, this FUD just uh, takes us out of the reality that historically we've been uh, looking at uh, like we've always been seeking for uh, a lower cost of power. And so I, what I believe is that there's just enough stranded energy out there and the global energy and global energy grids just to absorb everything that China right now uh, is burdening is burdening burdening itself to lose uh, like all of this hashing power, right? Uh, but at the same time, we are effectively, finally, and I say finally after all of this nine years that I've been in into the Bitcoin uh, into the Bitcoin community and the Bitcoin movement, we are finally vaccinating ourselves against the fucking China mining FUD, right? Like, to to me, this is finally the the biggest step that the Chinese the Chinese policymakers are taking to. Uh, effectively get rid of this whole hashing power that they had uh, and that they've had for the past 12 years since the inception of Bitcoin and finally redistribute all of that mining hashing power globally, including El Salvador, including countries in Latin America, including Kazakhstan, including Texas, which energy-wise makes the most sense when talking about the uh, United States. So it's just another proof again, that we are as resilient as, we, as we've ever been in the past when talking about Bitcoin and this stupid nonsense and stupid FUD. Well, I mean, what do you think about big uh, names who are just clearly, <laughs> uh, they're not smart dudes uh, to, to just, re that, that publicly, get scared about uh, China funds. Uh, Jim Cramer, uh, for instance. I mean, it, it shows Bitcoin's result. I mean, there are so many people that think it, that because Bitcoin's in the low 30s because of China, this is the freaking end of the world now. It's it, every week. This is it, it's, it's Groundhog Day, dude. I, guys, why do you still fall for this? Why do you listen to these people on TV? It, it, it's it's beyond my understanding. I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Alessandro. That was just me. Uh, no, 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 no I, I love it. And I love it because in the end, what 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 sort of FUD has Jim Cramer not banged on before, man? You know what I mean? Like this guy is not about it's not about Bitcoin FUD. It's, it's, it's all about every single form of FUD that's out there that he will just like leverage leverage on top of it, right? Yeah. But uh, that's just my perspective. Yeah, he is so impulsive. And that the impulsivity of Jim Cramer really sums up the last month of Bitcoin uh, by the masses. Or I mean, so much impulsive moves by people who have not been here long enough, who think China FUD is new, who, I mean, unbelievably think Tether FUD is new. I mean, that thing is rotten as anything. All right. So, well, 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 well let, let's just go away from China FUD. I, I can't even, uh, I'm going to vomit. Uh, it just bounces off me. Now, let's let's move to El Salvador. We, we Again, a special guest uh, with the Venezuelan background here. El Salvador is going to actually implement their law in September. And... Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have an airdrop of thirty dollars of Bitcoin to, to every citizen that wants it. Uh, maybe we will see if they can pull that off through a third party. Okay, but uh, still, people. I mean, we got a guy like Steve Hankey, uh, who in his newsletter, which for some reason gets emailed to me, El Salvador's Bitcoin blunder. This dude is like I, I predicted this before. There's so many people that when they see a certain type of Bitcoin fund, they really enjoy. They just build their reputation on it. So, I mean, it just shows the glory of Bitcoin that that haters of Bitcoin jump on it because it, 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 it I mean, they just stick with this type of thing. So Steve Hankey is now obsessed with El Salvador's Bitcoin blunder. Okay, you call it a Bitcoin blunder. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. He say, I mean, he says that people are going to go to ATM machines there uh, and just uh, sell all their Bitcoin and remove all the dollars from the country. Some crazy theory. But uh, going back to reality here. Uh, Alessandro, what do you think uh, from your Venezuelan perspective uh, about El Salvador's move? How, how legitimate is this? Is it going to change uh, El Salvador? 
Yeah, so I think it's a highly, a highly important step for humankind. Uh, that's how high as I see it. Um, I would have loved to see my country and communist regulators make Bitcoin legal tender uh, before El Salvador, but it's, it's just not the reality, right? And so, and and that in that sense, uh, if we look at El Salvador, guys, I mean, this is this is a country that is trying to to grow as democratic as possible, right? So, they they dealt with the guerrilla in the '90s, then they embraced free markets and neoliberalism by adopting the U.S. dollar since 2001, but since then only they've only managed to bank 30% of their of their citizens. So as as President Bukele stated, over 70% of their country of their citizens right now don't own a bank account. So um, what I think is like, uh, there's actually no cheaper way of banking people than by just allowing them to own an app, right, legally to send and receive money from within and from outside the country. Uh, you could basically do so with an Android phone for $100. Uh, Android phones on Latin America are all over the place. If you look at connectivity rate, connectivity rates in El Salvador, they are 150% of the population. So there's more, there's more connectivity than citizens in the country. Uh, uh, people that are getting connected to the internet are grow like the rate of, of getting people connected to the internet is growing at a above fifty percent a year rate. So, just El Salvador trying to accept another thing that is not the U.S. dollar as legal tender is just proof of how this is a freedom enhancer against. All of all of the paradigms that we've built financially in the past. So for for, for the first time since the petrodollar system, we're seeing a twenty-five billion dollar GDP country, which is minuscule next to the U.S. Right? It's like one percent of U.S. GDP, uh, even less. Uh, uh, and 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 they're they're managing to finally uh, find a way to. Uh, more efficiently and more and, and more affordably uh, connect their citizens to the global financial system. Like, if you don't own a bank, if you don't own a U.S. bank account, and you're and you are from Latin America, just as I am, you don't make any sense, man. <laughs> I mean, you you can't even buy a toy on Amazon if you wanted for your children. You can't even buy toilet toilet paper, right? Like at some point in Venezuela, it was so messed up that you couldn't even find toilet paper locally in the country, and you had to import toilet paper from Amazon. But how the fuck did you import toilet paper from Amazon if you didn't have an account at JP Morgan Chase, a debit card, a credit card, etc., etc., etc.? So. Yeah, go ahead. Now, 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 I want to ask you, there are rumors that Paraguay will copy this. Okay, now, now Paraguay is a lot different than uh, El Salvador. I, I, I know there's a big difference. Uh, most people don't, but there's a big difference. Uh, do, do you think this is going to spread through Central, South America, Latin America, uh, and uh, any effect on your native land at all? Without any doubt, it will fucking spread. Because, to be honest... I don't, I don't want to sound rude here, but most of all Latin Americans, especially the wealthy ones, we are American wannabes. We want to travel to the U.S., we want to meet Mickey, and we want to have an account at Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Citibank, whatever the fuck you want to, whatever the fuck bank, right? Just to be a bit more stable and cooler back home. So what I think is it is definitely a movement I have close, so, uh, like, private sources of information on Panama that have told me already that Bitcoin is going to become legal tender in Panama as well. Panama? Yeah, man. Panama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. I, I love the very unique take there. 
That's the kind of insider information you get on this show. When a dude <laughs> like say, I, I, I like that. And as Americans, let's keep on using Bitcoin. Let's let's lead by example. We're, we're the center of the Bitcoin world. They want to be like uh, America. Good, good. Freedom. Let freedom freaking ring. That's uh, that's what it's about. All right. Um, you guys, uh, do you have any comments on, on what was just said uh, about uh, just the, the El Salvador? I mean, we've talked about El Salvador for a few weeks now, but you two haven't. Do you have anything yeah. to add, anything new to say? So well, real quick on Paraguay, I think two days ago, the American University in Paraguay announced they're going to be accepting Bitcoin as payment for tuition. Um, along with some other coins, which need not be mentioned, but but uh, but it puts Bitcoin on the map there, and it's you know it's another foot in the door that jams that crack open a little further, um, and who knows what that'll lead to. I mean, we have to remember um, El Salvador started with paying people to pick up trash on the beach, and that's how we got to where we are now with El Salvador. So nothing can be downplayed. Um, what Alessandro was just talking about too, I think, is really important. Um, you know, to to adopt uh, social justice language for a minute, we we are privileged as Americans um, to be able to. You know, I see some commentators saying things like, "Oh, well, El Salvador is not a wealthy country. Who cares?" Da da da. And it's like, you guys don't understand what they have to deal with. Where, like in Venezuela, if you can't have a bank account, some simple things like you know, these are people who are dismissing this who twenty times a day order Grubhub or Amazon or get in an Uber or whatever, and it's like. All that stuff doesn't exist without access to payment rails and to look down your nose at like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Like this is life changing stuff for people in those countries. Um, so so to poo poo that is like, oh, well, who cares? You know, first of all, this is just the beginning. And secondly, well, they care if they have to live under those conditions and they don't have access to banking. It matters a lot. Um, and this is, uh, you know, if you're building a cathedral, you don't lay the first stone and then just go, oh, that's your cathedral. Like, no, it's the first stone. This is the first step. So we're we're on the way. But this this is going to change lives and it matters to those people a lot. Mm, very good point. Uh, Kaz, you have anything to add to the El Salvador discussion? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably been hashed out enough. It's it's great for humanity. It's great for the people of El Salvador. Um we were just talking about me being positive. So I'm going to be a little bit realist here. So now they're doing the $30 get giveaway. They're giving all citizens in El Salvador $30 worth of Bitcoin, uh, effectively universal basic Bitcoin. Uh, we're going to have to get one of those trackers to keep track of like how much it's worth in like 10 years or something. Um, but I think it's important to keep in mind that they're doing this through a custodial government yeah. wallet. Um, yeah. And so we, we brought up the case about CBDCs and, you know, giving giving citizens $30 in a government wallet and then tracking exactly how they're spending that money um, can be done with Bitcoin as well. So I just want to call that out. Yeah. So I think that's going to happen in September it, when the law becomes law. Uh, and that was a very good point. And we're going to be talking about trusting third parties. Uh, I, it's, you know, I mean, this, to this very day, third parties are running around away with people's Bitcoin. I'm not saying it's going to happen there. I think there, people have a, a, the bigger worry is about being tracked, that it's uh, – we, we shall see. So, I mean, I'm not putting the president on a pedestal, okay? A lot of people worship this dude now. <laughs> a lot of haters actually say he's the center of the Bitcoin world now. Okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, he, he could turn authoritarian too. I, I, I don't know. I just – I will believe it when I see it when, the, when more and more people of El Salvador have the Bitcoin in their hands, that that will be great. That will be great. So – May it happen soon. I look forward to September and I, I hope all goes very smoothly. Okay, so real quick question that I meant to ask like the last week, the people that were here, but it, it's a good intermission type of question, middle of the show question. And it's it's a real quick answer. Uh, are we still in a bull market? I say yes. Kaz, what do you oh, say? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Alessandro. Dude, look at look at Glasgow. Look at crypto quant. I mean, like a uh, long-term holders still holding, short-term holders, free coiners selling all of their coins. This is just a change of hands, man. I, I'm I'm fucking bullish above a hundred k. Twenty twenty one is the next twenty thirteen. How about you, uh, Al's Lacrosse? Yeah, the, things are going to turn on a dime. If uh, if you think things are over now, you're not paying attention. You should be stacking harder. Well, no, they're paying attention to Jim Cramer, actually. Uh, and yeah. that's who, most, who doesn't most pay people... attention, so <laughs> secondhand not paying attention. 
Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of people. If they, you're paying they, attention to Jim Cramer, turn your TV off and turn on a Bitcoin podcast. Mm. Well, they, they, they those are too boring. There's that they 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 love staring at the TV. <laughs> and then there's some people that just want ra- just the most insane type of uh, saying. Well, that some people want the John McAfee type of stuff. Uh, and you know, he he passed away this week. We we will bring that up. But his death is a reminder about the fly-by-night Bitcoin pundits that are out there. Okay. I mean, in, in 2017, you know, he was talking about eating his gonads and everything. And, oh, he's so great for Bitcoin. He, he he's, he's such a important. And he went, uh, I mean, he did some very uh, interesting things when it, when it comes to altcoins and, and selling. So, I mean, people, people want gurus in this space. You shouldn't want a freaking guru in this space is it whether it be jim kramer whether it be a, a john mcafee whether it be someone else that we might uh talk about a, a, a little later on here if we, if we have time uh so yeah jim kramer says yeah he sold almost all of his bitcoin and someone said you can't get a stronger buy signal than that <laughs> i i i i agree with that one so politicians know all about people's tendency to pedestal and to worship and to, they, they will say anything to fit in. Well, we got this guy, Eric Adams, in New York City, who just won the uh, Democratic primary for mayor. He'll, he'll probably win the uh, general election. He'll probably become the next mayor of New York. And uh, he, wants, uh, he wants to make New York the center of Bitcoins. Bitcoin's center. I mean, he doesn't seem like he knows what Bitcoin – I forgot what the exact quote is. Um, I, I think I linked to it below. But uh, – yeah, it seems like he's saying the word Bitcoins just to uh, uh, impress people. And then we have people in the space that are like, oh, look now, Miami's got competition. No, I'm not down with that at all. New York City is in New York State. I think most of you know that. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people. There are plenty of people who listen to Jim Cramer who don't understand that, of course, that New York City is in New York State. I, I understand that. Um, but, but for the people who do, for the 20 percenters who do, uh, no, uh, I, I think this guy is taking it. And I think it's a great sign for Bitcoin that these sociopaths will just drop the word Bitcoin because they think it's going to make people in Manhattan happy. OK, but uh, people in Bitcoin do not put this dude on a pedestal. Do not put any pet politician on a pedestal. They lie. They cheat. He's saying it to, to you know gain favor with maybe get some wealthy donations. I don't know what the logic is, but that New York City is going to. Uh, compete with Miami? Uh, no, don't, don't, I, I don't think so. So, uh, Alice Lacrosse, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think he's just saying it because he knows Bitcoin is the hot new thing. He probably doesn't really know what Bitcoin even is. Um, it sounds good on on the campaign trail. I doubt he's aware of the Bit license and how badly New York City has hamstr- or New York State has hamstrung itself when it comes to innovation in Bitcoin. Uh, there's a reason why a lot of companies aren't doing business in New York. Um, which is a shame, and uh, you know they can serve as a warning to everybody else on how not to do do that kind of thing to yourself with regulation. Um, I uh, I grew up in the New York area, and I'm kind of just old enough to remember, you know, in pre-internet times, and when there really was a bigger cultural difference between regions of the country. Um, and I think there was something to be said back then, you know, in the 80s, for example, if you grew up watching like the flagship television stations in New York, if you traveled to like North Carolina, right, and you turned on the TV, the local news looked weird. It looked like cable access or whatever, like the technology wasn't there. It wasn't the same quality. Um, and that probably carried over to other parts of the country where you couldn't get the same level of restaurants and, and uh, different cultural experiences. And that really has leveled now. So the reason for why you have to be in New York City, that's starting to go away. Um, and why would you be there and pay so much more in taxes, have to put up with, you know, um, terrible, uh, you know, gun rights or overcrowding or horrible rent and all that just for the privilege of saying you live in New York when you can get those things now pretty much anywhere. You know, the Internet and cultural change has kind of leveled that playing field. So. I don't see why they would be the thing. Uh, my money's on Texas. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased now because I'm here. Um, but Texas and Florida have uh, have really been out of the gate first on this, and they have something to back it up. Whereas New York, it's just going to be talk, and they're going to try to squeeze every dime out of everybody with taxes. And there's no reason to go there anymore. Why not? Why not set up somewhere else? Yes, we will get your full report on the Houston uh, meetup 
at the yeah. end of the show because I, I I I'm bullish on te- on Texas definitely and of course on on Florida and uh, uh, bearish on New York but still I'll I'll do a positive spin if it, at least some New Yorkers are talking about it okay that, that's good that's that's nice okay uh Kaz what's your take so it's no surprise like this is the game theory right this is part of the game theory and we're seeing it we saw it with michael saylor and now we saw president bukele do the exact same thing but take it up a notch with nation states i mean politicians are going to cling on to bitcoin it's going to happen um some are going to be true and, and they're going to be honest about it and some of them are going to do it totally just to win over one issue voters um, but we're going to start seeing the beginning of politicians picking a side. And it's becoming pretty apparent here in the United States that it's going to become uh, a bipartisan issue, even though Bitcoin is for everybody. Well, I got I got to say there are some uh, there are some politicians that are really uh, uh, jumping on the woke wagon in terms of attacking Bitcoin. So it's it's going to be an all out uh there, there will be some states that go in, a, in a, the Chinese direction in terms of their uh, <laughs> embrace of Bitcoin. Uh, and they'll pay that, a heavy that, price that, for it ultimately. Yes, yes, and and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Offended by freaking selling, pound that like button. I don't know, uh, Alessandra, if you've got uh, maybe you got a broader take on uh, politicians uh, jumping on the Bitcoin bandwagon. Yeah, so firstly, what I think is that we've already hit a trend in which if you are a politician and you're not embracing Bitcoin, you're just against it, right? But if you're on the side of the politicians that are embracing Bitcoin, you're like this cool, trendy politician that can automatically earn a bunch of supporters just by going down your own Bitcoin rabbit hole or whatever. So I think it's a trend. But ultimately, what I can say is... Um, it's a huge deal if you're talking about a politician from a developed economy, right? So because me, for example, coming from a developing economy like uh, Venezuela, the only hyperinflationary economy in the world right now, um, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what you have is just this, uh, this, this politician's trying to protect their their sovereign power on top of the nation against bitcoin so but but at the same time in 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 economies that have already gone down the hyperinflationary road and they're economically depressed just like my country you have this whole infrastructure that was already built right on the banking and finance sector of that country but that all of a sudden became sort of worthless because you destroyed the store of value quality of your currency. And so people need it, but they need it because before Bitcoin, there was no other way of making payments to other, like to merchants, to people, uh, make payments abroad, internationally, whatever. So. It effectively becomes for, for smart enough politicians from the developing world, like President Bukele, the banking system becomes a fucking utility. The banking system effectively becomes equal as the electric grid, like electricity utilities. Like people need it to live. It's it's not like actually people want it from you. But they just don't have any other option. And so uh, what, what I think is that um, uh, it will continue being this hot topic in Latin America for old politicians and politici- politicians from the new gen- generation saying, what the fuck, guys? We have to go all in with this or it's only... Uh, we don't want to accept it. We don't want to embrace it. But it, but it's just like in the U.S. political landscape right now, without without taking into consideration Bitcoin, that it's a polarized view of things. You're either completely with it, or you don't want to know anything about it. Yeah, that's actually a great point. <laughs> you're either Elizabeth Warren about it, or or, or you're uh, 
the, the El Salvador president about it. I mean, it seems to be very poor. You, I like you bring up uh, the, the younger generation of leaders, and it will be interesting to see if if most of them go in a positive direction. Obviously, AOC is a young leader, and she's gone into you know it's uh, it's, it's hurting poor people direction, and some of the the younger squad members. They, they I mean, they're ignorant. They're into social justice nonsense, so they're, they're going to go that way. But just. I would like to, you know, in, in some of these developing countries, if this will be a a way for up and coming uh, pragmatic leaders to to gain uh, to gain power, young ones, like okay, I'm in the tech, I'm going to market myself around something tech. It's going to remind people that I'm young and I'm new and I'm fresh face. And uh, it, 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 we'll see, we'll see how that develops. I, I think uh, uh, it, it, it can be it can be really used as as a marketing tool for young people to get into power if they really know what they're talking about. I just want to say with Eric Adams in New York, I think he's completely lying or, or has no idea what he is even talking about at all. So again, my prediction is New York City won't really do anything notable with uh, with Bitcoin. And so I, uh, Al, do, do you think he, that Eric Adams will actually do anything? No, I, I think it's a throwaway, a throwaway line and he's not going to go anywhere with it. They make take steps later on as Bitcoin really starts to explode, you know, we're talking months or years down the road. Um, but by that point, you know, other other areas will be so far ahead. They'll be playing catch up with Texas and Wyoming and Florida. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about politicians within the United States. I think Bitcoiners or someone prominent in Bitcoin, maybe as someone like Cynthia Lummis, uh, can really throw down the gauntlet to, to people like AOC, to people who supported, you know, things like Occupy Wall Street, and say like this is here's what you're talking about like do you want to free people up from the banking system or or do you really just want to create a government bureaucracy like this is kind of put up or shut up time like bitcoin is the answer to what you guys were talking about with occupy wall street and you know if you really care about that get behind this and if your real agenda like i think with someone like elizabeth warren your real agenda is just to have more control and to create a huge bureaucracy, then you know, then we see what you're what you're really about. But if you're really serious about giving people an alternative to the banking system, here it is. You know, no matter how poor you are, all you need is a phone, and you've got an alternative. And it's put up or shut up time. And I, I think it's time to throw down that gauntlet right now because some of these people that may not um, have naturally considered themselves our allies could be. There's no reason that they have to be our opposition. Exactly. Bitcoiners can come from any space. If there's a political party that wants to help the poor people, if they think logically, which they don't, um, they would say, yeah, this is a way this protects people's wealth. This uh, protects against inflation. They, if they don't, they, they scream and yell how the people in the, the in, in the inner cities don't have bank accounts. Well, now you, you're, you're your own bank. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. And to your point, Adam, I mean, like, um, look, you were asking me before if I think that eventually Venezuela would get aboard and say, yeah, Bitcoin is legal tender, right? Which since 2017, they have gone towards an opposite direction with the creation of El Petro, the national cryptocurrency, draft regulations around it, tie, tie everything up to El Petro so we can control Bitcoin inside Venezuela with the creation of El Petro bullshit, man, right? Like right now, it's, 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 it's like, it's this, right? So let's say that Paraguay gets a bore, Panama gets a bore, uh, El Salvador gets a bore, Brazil gets a bore, whatever, right? Whichever amount of countries, right? Venezuela will ultimately be left alone in this camp in which Venezuela will say, okay, wait a second. For more than 30 years, we have been trying to go against the World Bank the IMF, the Fed, the dollar, central banking, blah, 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 blah. Because we want to be able to sell our uh, biggest uh, uh, reserves, which is oil, right? In another form of currency, not the dollar. So they will find themselves, if, 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 even if they don't make Bitcoin legal tender, they will find themselves alone, stranded in this camp. And then right next to it, there will be, there will be this camp called the Bitcoin camp of nations, right? And they will say effectively like, wait a second, dude, why don't we take into consideration the possibility of joining this fucking camp? Because this way it won't be only us against this elite, this global elite. 
it'll be us together with this other four countries against this war, this, this peaceful war, right, or revolution. So we might get some supporters by just joining this camp. So why the fuck won't we join it? Eventually, it'll lead into there, man. I, 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 hopefully, yeah. I, I, it's very, very good points, man. And uh, I, I wanna, I wanna take it back one second uh, to to what started this whole conversation about politicians. <laughs> oh God, um, I, my fellow Bitcoiners out there that love to get excited. And it's great to be excited. It's great to be positive. Sometimes they get a little bit too excited. Uh, and so I just, I don't think everybody thought out this whole Eric Adams thing. You see New York City and Bitcoin, you just get, you get pumped. I, I guess it's natural. It's the biggest city in the United States, but l l let it all play out, people. Uh, and guess what? Bitcoin does not need New York City. Pound that freaking like button. But sticking on the politics here, Kaz, you haven't, I, I wanted to ask you a specific question here. Uh, how soon can we expect a, a congressperson to call Bitcoiners white supremacists? <laughs> Has it happened yet? <laughs> It hasn't I'm happened sure yet. I, I, I swear it's probably already happened somewhere. Oh, no, not yet. It, it, not yet. It, 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 one of the 400, how many are there? 435 of them? Uh, and, well, not, not, not that I, I think it would, I think it would make news because I mean, they are real, they're called every week. Another person's a white supremacist. So we know Bitcoiners are on a lit or they're not liked by, uh, the government. It, it means it, it's not a major concern of the government. I don't like to, uh, say that, but it is, uh, it's something that gets vilified by the uh, the gov the people who worship the government. You can see on social media they they're often throwing the bitcoiners in the state. You you hateful libertarians. You know nothing. You want us all to die of a virus. And for example, at two weeks ago now it was, or I don't even know when it was. It was a week a week after the conference. Uh, there was a story that was a total lie, a total fake news that said uh, the Miami Bitcoin conference was a super spreader event of, of the virus. And from there on social media, everybody started attacking, you know, Bitcoiners as heartless, yeah. as, 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 as evil people. And now they, you know, they don't follow back on the story because it was a total lie, um, but based on like three tweets. And uh, so, uh, so it's obviously the next step, they've caught a super spreaders is, uh, uh, you know, it's white supremacist, someone prominent, a congressperson, because some of these leftist congress, they call everybody a white supremacist. White supremacist has lost all meaning because you can't even say what a real white supremacist is or you get uh, banned off of social media. I mean, you can't define what racism is anymore. I mean, I think that's the goal of some people to, to have no definition for words and just to use it as a weapon against people they, they don't like. I don't like you, so you're a white supremacist. Uh, Bitcoiners, I don't like you, you're, you're a white supremacist. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I don't, it will happen. There will be a congressman yeah. that ties it together. Right. I mean, we saw, so earlier this week, we saw the White House come out with the d domestic terror strategy, uh, yes. countering it. And so they called out uh, anti-government ideologies in that document, and they aligned that with white supremacists. It's no surprise that Bitcoiners are going to easily be lumped into that category. It's coming very soon. You know, we're going to be white supremacists. We're going to be domestic terrorists. We're going to be the reason why the financial system collapsed again. Uh, we're going to be blamed for everything, and I think people just need to be aware that that's coming. Yeah, and what, and that's, and that's what I was referring to. You said it much better than I did. Uh, what this domestic terrorist thing has really been ramped up to a point, to a point when screaming Karens want the uh, you, the, the generals who believe in this woke nonsense to attack the citizens, which is a, completely against the, the laws of the United States. You cannot send the army to attack the, the people in the United States of America. But the screaming Karens are, it, it, I mean, this is acceptable. People have totally forgotten what the, the, what the laws, what the constitution, this is why it's not a true democracy. If we had a true democracy, you could vote and say, let's make a law. 51% uh, of the people could say, I, I vote for this law that says the army can uh, attack uh, the, the other 49%. Uh, but the, the, th thank God that that's not what we live under here in a constitutional republic. But it's becoming mainstream because everyone is just confused about what is truth. Bitcoin is truth. There's only going to be 21 million of them. Okay. I, I, I don't know, Al, if you have anything more to say about I, that. I just think it, it'll be funny when the Bitcoiner nations are, you know, uh, El Salvador, Panama, Brazil, Paraguay, <laughs> Jamaica, whatever. And we're being told out it's white supremacist money. Like, oh, not so sure about that. But we'll see how that plays out. So, 
Okay, so let's 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 go to a country that actually had a uh, an issue with uh, they had a racial issue uh, that was uh, South Africa. They still have they have many racial issues there. Now this is not about race. Uh, what's going on there? There there was an exchange or a I don't know. This is okay. This is the main point that I got from this story is people still trust these third parties. It's unbelievable. Jim Cramer screaming about uh, you know the pipeline hacks and 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 these third parties they they don't even know what they're freaking doing when they steal the Bitcoin they 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 put it uh, they they put it at another third party and it, it gets confiscated which is I mean if a crime has been created uh, done it's I, I'm glad that these people who rob think that you know you're supposed to st- store things at Coinbase but this all the fudsters like uh, Jim Cramer whoever. They say, look, it is confiscatable. Look what's going on. Terrorists have used it. The United States has confiscated it. Well, in South Africa, unfortunately, innocent people gave their money to a third party. And, of course, that third party said they were in exchange and they stole billions of dollars. I mean, they stole an incredible amount of money at the South African exchange. Uh, they, they, they sent the money to mixers. I mean, these guys had it clearly all planned out before. And by the way, in South Africa, I've been to Bitcoin conferences there. It's pathetic. So many of the people worship the regulators there. And look, the regulators couldn't stop this. So, dude, it's about controlling your private key. Regulators aren't going to save your tuchless, uh for all the people that, that want there to be stricter regulations in the United States to, to protect the average uh, citizen. But tell us what's going on there from what, from what you gather, Alistair Cross. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this because it's it's a sad story, really. Um, and it just goes to show that, you know, scammers are going to scam. Um, people have been doing this with money since there has been money. Uh, Bitcoin gets a bad rap sometimes just because they're doing it with Bitcoin now. But, you know, this is how scammers operate. Um, and, you know, the, the average uh, income in South Africa is a hell of a lot lower than what we have here in the United States. So you can assume a lot of the victims of this are people who probably didn't have much to begin with. Um, but it's uh, it's two brothers are very young. I was skimming the article. They were 21 and 17 who run what's it's described as a cryptocurrency investment firm. Uh, it was called AfriCrypt. But um, they told that they told their clients that they had been hacked. Um, and here's where it's like eye rolling right here. They told them, um, please don't contact lawyers or the police because it'll help us recover the funds faster, which is like, if that's not a red flag and alarm bells right there. Um, but they have disappeared. They fled the country, disappeared with what's currently valued at well over, I think it's two and a half billion dollars. Um, and that's at current prices. So, you know, you can figure that's going to be bouncing back to a lot more than that soon. Um, and they took everything these people had. So uh, it's it's a uh, ongoing warning. Don't leave your coins on exchanges. If you're watching the show, you're probably aware of this. You probably understand why. Um, not your keys, not your coins. It's somebody else's coins if you're not controlling them in your own wallet. Probably, preferably a hardware wallet, cold storage, multi-sig, something like that. Um, but uh, but don't trust people. You know, uh, there are people who gave these gave these guys money and they took 69,000 Bitcoin and disappeared with it. And like you were saying, they were smart. Um, they, they weren't one of these, uh, one of these ransomware guys who then put it on an exchange for somebody else to control. Uh, they, they covered their tracks pretty well. Um, they're probably never going to be found through chain analysis. So that's, that's out the window because they were smart about it. Um, and you know, they, they could, they have more than enough money to change their identities and disappear. And, you know, good chance they'll get away with this unless they open their mouths. These guys are very young and they're billionaires and they're set for life with other people's money. Be your own bank, people. Be your own bank. Uh, it's it's going to keep on happening, it, it appears. Uh, there's just not a very clear understanding about that aspect of, of Bitcoin, that it's unconfiscatable when it's your own when you're your own bank if you're uh if, if you're involving third parties you, you you got you got some issues there all right i don't i don't know i think i think we we clear we we've discussed that enough uh i want to go to uh, bring up mcafee here with uh with kaz and uh mcafee died uh, i'm sure there's still people in this space that still think he's a great a crypto leader or, or something like that um and it reminds me as i said beforehand uh, people just tend to want to have heroes and, and worship people. And we, we got people always used to ask me about John McAfee. 
you know, when he was big and, you know, that I should respect what he has to say about various altcoins, which were, I mean, it was complete nonsense. Um, but we got, I, I don't want to make it that, you know, we got a guy like Robert Breedlove now, who's obviously a very smart guy that people worshipped because of his, com you know, complexity worship. They didn't even understand half the stuff he was saying. Um, you know, he, he had a, a very good gimmick. Um, apparently, I mean, I think he's a nice guy. I, I don't really know that much about him. I have a video linked to below where I critiqued his, um, he had a very famous article about a year ago, which I thought was a little bit of a exaggeration. I mean, I gave it a, a serious critique. He, and where I wondered if, you know, how much, does this guy really own Bitcoin? <laughs> but some of these guys talk about all this thing. I, I hope he does. I mean, but uh, Robert did something. I, I don't even know. He did something with Bit, BitClout or something. Now everybody's so disappointed and sad in him. To me, it's all gossip. And so that, that's my uh, that's my way of tying in McAfee and, uh, and Robert Breedlove. They're not the same exact people, but you really can't get distracted by all this drama, whether it be a, a guy talking about eating his testicles in uh, 2017 <laughs> or, or a guy that did something with BitClout in 2021. How does that affect you personally? I mean – do you do you if you're a dude that's storing your Bitcoin on a, on a third party and you care about those things, you really got your priorities messed up, man. Um, but uh, Kaz, what, what do you have to say about the, this? Uh, I mean, I think you've actually tweeted a little bit about the uh, you and, and Spetsky were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So to touch on McAfee real quick, I mean, I, th I think it's sad. Obviously, the guy is not a morally sound person, but I think he was an intelligent man. Um, and, you know, it, it was a little nostalgic to see him go like in 2016, like I was trading shit coins and I was reading John McAfee tweets. Like, so to hear that he committed suicide or that he someone killed him, that's it is sad. Um, the Robert Breedlove thing, truthfully, I could not give a shit about. Um, I, I think it's pathetic that like everybody is making it such a big deal right now. I mean, we have nation states adopting Bitcoin. We have, this is probably the most important time in Bitcoin history, if that's not always the case, but it's the most important time in Bitcoin history and we're worried about breed love. Like, I just think there are more important things to talk about. Um, at this point, the dude has made his point. He's not backing away from his position. He's quadrupled down or whatever it is at this point and wrote a whole fucking article about it. Just let him go at this point. Who cares? <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal to me. <laughs> All right, good. I, I think that's you've a, a very good attitude uh, toward that situation, uh, and I, I have no desire to talk about it. But I do have a desire to bring Alessandro back into the conversation, dude. Uh, are you allowed to talk about the company you work for? Uh, yes, yes, I am. So tell, I mean, I I know uh, obviously a, a few people over there. Tell us what you're doing with them with Lennon. Right. So uh, since a month ago, a month and 30, almost 30 days ago, like two months, I've, uh, I'm the community manager in Nile at Ledin. Uh, some people on the marketing side at Ledin know me as the jack of all trades of marketing at Ledin. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we are the first lending crypto company from Canada. Uh, we have a whole suite of products and launching into new countries and launching new products as we speak. Um, but I guess that in that sense, Adam, the most important thing to, uh, from my end to clarify about Latin is that uh, what made me get aboard Latin is the fact that we are the crypto lending company with the biggest user base in Latin America. So more than 50% of our users are currently LATAM-based. And to me, just coming from, uh, you know, Venezuela, 27 years of my life living in communism, uh, more than four years of my life living under hyperinflation and having to more than 30% of my daily time uh, organize it and structure it so that I can protect my my wealth and my family's wealth against the fucking economic uh, harassment that a group of individuals have created within a country itself. So that's why I joined Lenin because I knew I was going to be able to help them uh, with this huge number of use cases that we have in Latin America, especially me having stayed there and having my Venezuelan lens uh, of, of things, right, regarding Bitcoin cryptocurrencies. Um, 
uh, yeah, that, that's that's basically how I tied up my El Souls of Bitcoin story to let it. I, I had been like earning interest on their Bitcoin savings accounts for more than two years. One of their co-founders, Mauricio Di Bartolomeo, you know him, Adam. Uh, he is from Venezuela as well. So he he was like, aside from all of the other Bitcoin and crypto founders from the industry, one of the few that I actually thought that was able to grasp the reality of where I come from and what the fuck it is that is actually happening in that side of the world and how companies like letting in other Bitcoin companies globally, right? Like local Bitcoins, even Binance are assisting just uh, these people and these citizens from these economically depressed countries, just how to make a bit better, a bit better their quality life standards. Well, I'll say Mauricio rocks. He's based in Toronto. Hopefully you guys can uh, lead by example and not let uh, Canada fall into uh the, the path that Venezuelans taking uh, to tell you, I mean, Canada is disgraceful lately. Uh, that, that's for that's for another uh, another another video about uh, how, how they've totally continued to lock down their that country. It's it's very unfortunate. But I, I'm glad to see you. If, eating, I, if I'm uh, allowed, if I'm allowed, man, I just wanted to add up my own uh, McAfee perspective of things. Please, yes. Right. So, so McAfee, before he went to Spain, uh, he was like sailing all over the Caribbean. And in that, in that adventure, he uh, at some point stayed in Venezuela for a couple of months. I didn't, get, I, I didn't get the chance to actually meet the guy in person while he was in the Venezuelan Caribbean side. Uh, but I did meet McAfee in Florida in 2017 when I was almost leaving the country, uh, Venezuela. And, um, McAfee, what I know, man, regarding his Bitcoin rabbit hole, is that he was actually setting up a bunch of Bitcoin mining farms, especially in Florida, uh, and that he had this very close connections to people from Bitmain and etc. So shout outs to that guy because although he's not he's not anymore uh, with us, I'm sure the fucking guy lived the last days and months of his life as a fucking rock star and that's what the, and that's what the fuck counts man because in the end this is just an this is just a trip that eventually ends and we don't know when the fuck it's gonna end but he died embracing for bitcoin so he's a fucking gladiator whoa Pound that like button for living your life to a freaking extreme. And there's no doubt he did that. He, he lived his life. But hey, man, he, he said some whack ass. But anyway, all right. <laughs> Enough. He's gone. He's, he, is, he, is, uh, he, he is gone. And he, I, I assume he still had his testicles uh, when he uh, passed on. Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Now, all right, but let's, uh, let's get. Uh, oh, I wanted to just read this headline London Met Police sees 158 million. Uh, in massive crypto raid. Again, dudes, when the London Met Police is able to uh, seize Bitcoin, it's because these fools didn't know how to you know, store what they were doing. But people you know, start screaming about it being confiscatable at that point. Also, the, my, my old video where I critiqued uh, Breedlove is uh, linked below if anybody cares about that. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it was a good article that he wrote. Uh, it, it, it got me thinking, but I, I might do another video on that one day. Now, so let's let's see uh, what's what's going on in Houston, Texas, at the Houston uh, meetup. Al's lacrosse. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, we had one last night. I believe it was our fourth meetup. Um, really great turnout for that. Um, Parker Lewis came out from Unchained Capital for it. Um, he had done quite a bit of promotion for it, and he's got a big microphone, obviously, uh, with his account. Um, we had great turnout. Um, Houston, for those of you in other parts of the U.S. or other parts of the world who don't know, is a center for the oil and gas industry. Um, so it is, I mean, there is a ton of that going on here. Every third person I meet in Houston is in oil and gas. So um, we're really kind of a natural hub for, um, for Bitcoin mining, uh, oil field mining. So we're, we're reaching out to that crowd, um, trying to make the Houston meetup to mining kind of what the Austin meetup is to, to developers. Um, there's, uh, there's no reason why this shouldn't become sort of nationally a, uh, a center for people interested in mining to come and meet other, other miners in the industry and, and talk about all things Bitcoin related. 
Um, but it's, uh, it's really good. We're just getting going. Uh, I moved here from out of state in the winter and was really surprised that there wasn't a meetup going on, a Bitcoin meetup. We are the fourth largest city in the United States. So there are a hell of a lot of people in this area. Um, and it's, it's ripe for interest in Bitcoin to explode. Um, I've said for a while, I, I steer people towards, um, Alex Gladstein's article on the petrodollar. Uh, because I think the petrodollar may be the first domino to really fall um, to make Bitcoin a global reserve currency. Um, things like El Salvador are great, but petrodollar is going to be the one that's far, far reaching. Um, I think the oil and gas industry is eventually going to see Bitcoin kind of as its native currency. Um, you're not going to have to convince people of the legitimacy of something that they're kind of producing themselves out in their own fields. Um, and there are a lot of countries that don't want to transact in the U.S. dollar when they buy oil. And, you know, then it becomes, well, which country's currency do you want to use? Who do you want to give that power? And Bitcoin is the answer. It's you're not giving it to anybody. It's just pure currency. Um, so it's really a natural fit. I'm excited for where things are going to go for this. Uh, if anyone is interested in attending the Houston meetup, you can either look at on, on meetup or contact me um, at lacrosse underscore Al on Twitter. Um, and I'll hook you up. We'll let you know when our next one's coming. Um, but I think we're really going to grow into something big. So I'm excited for it. In motion. I love it. They, yes. All three of these dudes, their Twitter, it's linked to below contact and follow them. And yeah, Houston over New York, baby. In, ter in terms of Bitcoin. And yeah, many people do not know Houston is the fourth largest city in the United States. And by 2050, it should be the third. It should surpass uh, Chicago, something like that. Maybe even sooner than that. I forgot the exact uh, year that they, they predicted. All right, we're, we're, we're at the end of the, uh, the, end of the show. Uh, and uh, I'll just uh, get everybody uh, to talk, talk about if they have anything that, they, that was left out, anything they wanted to comment on that they didn't get to say. Any promo about what they're doing? Uh, Alessandra, we'll start with you. Awesome. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter as El Sultan Bitcoin. E L Sultan Bitcoin. Um, uh, I would, I would, as usual, Adam, like to thank you for having me on the show, man, and just giving me a voice. Uh, this is part of what I call. Uh, the biggest force that we Bitcoiners and the Bitcoin community have. Uh, we are effective. We have effectively, uh, we effectively became this cloud of wisdom and knowledge that is just there out sitting for free on the internet. And that could actually like, give you a, a bigger, a bigger perspective of how things are unfolding themselves globally. Uh, I would also like to uh, give a give big shout outs to Mauricio Di Bartolomeo, uh, co-founder at Lenin, specifically because he was the dude that provided me with the opportunity to be right now at a stable country and be able to like literally walk walk as a normal person to the supermarket without like being harassed, being robbed, whatever. Uh, and ultimately what I'd like to remind all of the Bitcoiners and the audience that is listening to us right now is that this is just a start. We haven't done enough yet, guys. And we have a line of politicians lining up to go against us. So again, this is just the start, and we haven't pushed enough as of yet. And we will have to push harder. And we will have to continue being the voice of freedom. We are the, 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 peaceful, uh, the, 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 the peaceful rebels that are, there, that are out there that this community needs. So thank you very much, Adam. It's only the beginning, people. Pound that like button. I love that attitude. All right, we will go to Kaz next. And Kaz, it was a uh, beautiful meeting you in person in, in that uh, swan tent. It was like a million degrees there, my lord. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it was great to meet you in person, Adam. Always great to be on your show. I always appreciate it. Um, hopefully, are you coming to Bitblock Boom in August? Nah, probably not. Probably not. Oh, come on. Well, <laughs> hopefully I'll catch you at a meetup soon. 
Um, yeah, so I do I do Bitcoin stuff at Swan Bitcoin. So if you're looking for a place to buy Bitcoin, come to us. Uh, we're Bitcoin only. And yeah, that's about it. You can follow right. me on Twitter if you want. It's somewhere here. Now, uh, Al, when I when I met you, we were standing in the main uh, the main area, and all of a sudden, all these other people I knew, like we were all yeah. these people I, I knew from the show, all of a sudden uh, started piling in. Denver Bitcoin was there. Yeah, uh, it, it was a good a good re uh, this week at Bitcoin reunion. Best freaking guests in this space were just all of a sudden together at, at one point in crowded Miami in the yeah, air. It was a crazy park. experience. That was the first conference I've been to where people started to recognize me. Um, I haven't really had that before because I don't use my my face in my account. And uh, I was walking around and people would walk by and be like, hey, Al. I'm like, what the hell? It was just a really bizarre experience. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I was glad to go there. All right. And so do you have any uh, conclusionary thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I actually I forgot to mention when we were talking about El Salvador. Um, I just wanted to uh, give a thank you and a shout out. Let everybody know. Um, Joe Rogers posted this online yesterday, I believe. Um, so Dread and Joe kind of spearheaded an effort to uh, collect donations for the Katie Diaz Foundation in El Salvador. Um, she is the surfer from Bitcoin Beach who was killed by a lightning strike. Um, I believe it was last year while she was out surfing. Um, and they're building a school um, to help the, uh, the national surf team in her honor. Um, and I think it'll help some of the locals too. It's going to be good for that economy, um, you know, help a lot of people get on their feet. But we collected um, in my uh, Dirtbag Telegram, I think about 10 and a half million sats for the school. So we're on their board as, as big donors now, which is, it's really awesome. Uh, really proud of my group that we're able to do stuff that's, you know, it, it will make a genuine difference in people's lives. And stuff like that is, uh, you know, it puts all this into perspective. It's like, all the all the trash talking online and the joking and all that is, is all fun. But to be able to really do something that's gonna gonna actually help people um, is is it's awesome. It really feels good to be able to do that. So just wanted to say thanks to all the dirtbags for that. Um, and also just say, you know, we're we're here at the beginning of something huge being born. And it's uh, it's just great to be able to be part of that in whatever capacity that ends up being. All right. Good, good positive conclusion. All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. I want to go running here in beautiful San Diego, California. Yeah, that's where this show that you'll see me here for the next four weeks or however long I'm here. Uh, it, it's beautiful. And California has opened up. The authoritarian uh, leader, uh, Gavin Newsom, doesn't want to be recalled. So, he, you know, things aren't as strict as they were previously. So it, it's, it's pretty nor normal here. I, I didn't have to wear the, the mask stuff. It's uh, anyway, well, we'll talk about that on a future show. I'm out of I'm not wearing no mask, obviously. I'm out of ice for the big one. <laughs> Remember, dudes, best freaking guest in the space every Friday. Subscribe to the channel. Um, Shabbat Shalom, and I will uh, I will see you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Bye bye, everyone. Thank All you. Right. Bye. Let's end, let's Thank end, you, Matt. Hang on, let's end it here.